Hey everybody, Larry Powell here, your host for Studio HFL. Thanks for coming back again for another interview. Hope you've enjoyed those that you've already listened to and are looking forward to hearing from this week's guest. Just a word about sponsors, and I'm thrilled to announce that along with Messina Covers and the Eastman Music Company, we now have Pickett Blackburn as a sponsor. Trumpet players can be kind of picky when it comes to cases, maybe even more so than other players. And if you've got an idea for a custom case, then Messina Covers is where you need to go. Erica Howard and David Messina will help you design the ideal case and in some pretty crazy colors. They also offer mouthpiece pouch options and not just trumpet bags, but now you can get a case made for just about anything you can imagine. Be sure to check them out at MessinaCovers.net. If you're looking for excellence in trumpets, trombones, horns, and tubas, you need look no further than the Eastman Music Company. Eastman offers a complete line of brass instruments from the beginner all the way up to the professional. And of course, with SE Shires, you now have the Q-Series and the professional models. The legendary Doc Severinsen even helped design Eastman's beginner trumpet model. You can find more information about the Eastman Music Company at eastmanwinds.com. And you can learn more about the SE Shires line of instruments at seshires.com. Pickett Blackburn has certainly established themselves as a top-tier resource for trumpet players. If you haven't had a chance yet to try any of the stock or even some of the custom mouthpieces available through Pickett, you can check them out online at pickettblackburn.com. And of course, the Blackburn side of Pickett Blackburn includes their incredible line of trumpets, endorsed by such great musicians as Vince DiMartino. Again, be sure to check them out at picketblackburn.com, and Picket is with two T's. Before we get to today's interview, just a reminder that you can be a financial supporter for this podcast by subscribing at patreon.com slash studio HFL. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash studio HFL. There are four levels of support offered, and you can choose the one that best fits your budget. Your support will help offset the cost of production for this podcast and would be greatly appreciated. Please consider becoming a subscriber at patreon.com slash studio HFL. And now on to today's interview. George Carpton, welcome to my studio HFL podcast. Glad to have you as a guest today. Awesome. I'm happy to be here. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you and I just met uh, within the last month. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and uh, you did a master class for the University of Tennessee Trumpet Studio. I, you, you just blew me away. And uh, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got to talk to this guy a lot more and find out what's going on. But uh, oh, yeah. It's funny. I talked to Kathy Leach earlier this week and okay. we talked a little bit about you. <laughs> she, told me, <laughs> she told me a lot about what was going on with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so I, I don't know. So I might bring some of this stuff up if we need. That's something. fine. That's fine. Please do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please do. Well, um, yeah, I'm glad to have you here, and mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of one of these uh, to me a, a hidden gem. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 forgive me. I mean, I'm sure there are an awful lot of people. You're hidden gem to me, I should say. Well, I am very, very, very young on this scene, so I. I, I definitely <laughs> understand that because, yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just getting started. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
you just mentioned at the top, uh, you know, you're doing uh, juries, reviewing stuff there. Uh, so let's start yeah. there. Tell, tell okay. us where you are, where you're teaching, and what's going on right now. Sure. Um, well, um, my name is George Carpson IV. Um, I'm currently in my um, ending my fourth year at Northern Kentucky University, where I've been since 2016. It's my first job, and and uh, that's where I've been. And recently, um, there was a search for the assistant professor tenure track um, uh, job, and I ended up getting that. So I will be staying at Northern Kentucky. Thank you. That's I will terrific. Be yeah, I'm very, very, very excited and relieved um, that that's happening. And so um, I'll be there as assistant professor of trumpet and also the brass area coordinator. So yeah. I'm curious, uh, will the years you've already been there count mm -hmm. towards tenure? Unfortunately, they will not. But actually, that's a good thing, too. So um, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not in a rush. Uh, just, you know, I'm still, like I said earlier, I'm still very much, very, very young in this and mm -hmm. just learning as much as I can to, um, you know, be an effective teacher. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how's yeah. that going? Pretty well? Yeah, I mean, it is, I will say, um, teaching the trumpet being on the other side of the stand just opens up a whole new world of things to um, investigate mm -hmm. um, <laughs> not only about the students but about yourself mm -hmm. um, you find you find that that student is usually a mirror of what you're doing or what you're telling them to do and so mm -hmm. it's constantly trying to assess and and be as um, concise um, but still effective what the teaching is, is, is the, is the challenge is the goal and everyone's different. So you can't teach everyone the same way. So I'm constantly trying to learn new uh, things to help address learners of all types. So, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny? You know, I, I think just as soon as I get a syllabus, a little more streamlined, <laughs> it's like, Oh, well maybe I should tweak this or put this in or I'm taking right. that out, you know, <laughs> exactly. Constant, constant evolution. Right. Yes. I spent, I spent the better part when I first got the job I, every summer um, up until this past one, I spent just developing my syllabi and, you know, handbooks and just this is the studio routine and every year it changes. Mm -hmm. Something I learned that, oh, okay, that didn't work or, um, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe I should put this in there. Uh, it's mm -hmm. probably important. Take this out. So, yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think the, the best thing I've, I put in there was a signature page. <laughs> that, Explain a little bit. So, what do you mean? So, so um, I wrote a handbook about two years ago. Just um, it would have the the syllabi in there, but also just some 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 basic general principles of how we conduct ourselves in our studio and how we conduct ourselves as students and colleagues in the um, at the school. And um, it has everything in there from you know, how you prepare for recital to, um, you know, just certain documents you need to, if you need to transfer a different major, or if you need to, you know, apply for something, this is in here, this is your handbook, you have it. Mm -hmm. And so I, then the first year I gave it out to them, and I was like, okay, everyone has it. So everyone's responsible, everyone's gonna do it. But it didn't turn out that way. So the next year I put in a signature page. So oh, they have to I sign see. it saying they read it. And then I get a copy of that. And when something does come up, 
you know, I'm able to go to my folder and say, hey, uh, remember that signature page we <laughs> you signed? That's brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it just accountability, I feel like, you know, aside from teaching the trumpet and making sure they're proficient musicians, I think another thing we <laughs> try to teach is just that accountability level, which I mean, for me, um, as a student was, was very, was very hard for me, you know, mm -hmm. just making sure that, you know, I am, I am accountable because eventually your students will become teachers or professionals and, mm -hmm. you know, that everyone, you're always going to be held accountable to somebody. So, mm -hmm. you know, so, well, you know. that, what a great lesson though, is, you mm -hmm. know, learning first to be accountable to yourself yes. for things. Right. And yes. it, it's funny, uh, at UND, they have a. Uh, a course for freshmen. I think it's called the uh, freshman seminar. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's how to schedule. It's how to embrace college life. I think it en encompasses a lot of those things that. And and I hate to say this, but it's it's a shame that we have to have a class. For this. Yes. So I think if you can make it to college, you should uh -huh. be able to to yeah. do these things without somebody holding your hand and walking you to the hey, office and exactly. Doing, how many times do I have to send an email to you to get done what you yes. should have gotten done? So yes, uh, yeah, it's so, a yeah. different it's different times, and I'm I'm thirty I'm thirty three well thirty two sorry, um, I'll be thirty three later this month. But it's just it's weird because I know I'm still young, but I feel like when I'm teaching an eighteen year old beside me, I'm like this is a different generation. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have someone hold, but you know it's. It's okay. That's why we're here. I think that that further strengthens our our uh, value to um, our departments. Is that we we are there for this to be a guide, you know, yeah. and to help, but yeah. and to eventually so they can help themselves. So um, yeah. you know, it's frustrating, but at the same time, it's like okay, well, this is a moment of where the teacher is. You know, you have to teach. So mm -hmm. this is mm -hmm. why we're here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about your studio there at NKU? Sure. Uh, well, um, the, the, uh, we're housed under the School of the Arts. And so um, that is music, dance, visual art, and theater. So we're all under the same roof. It's called SOTA, School of the Arts. And um, we have about approximately 150, 170 music majors. Wow. Um, my studio is about nine to 11 students mm -hmm. usually. Mm -hmm. um, that's been the average. And um, hoping to see a little bit of an uptick in that. Um, this next year we've had um, for auditions, this year was the largest number of trumpets we had auditioned. So in the past four years I've been there. So that was, that was good to see. But uh, yeah, it's a relatively um, you know small, small program and um, we have only undergraduate. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the focus is very undergraduate uh, centered. And, um, you know, just making sure that they get, you know, all those opportunities. You know, you say you're hoping to get a larger studio. I mean, that's kind mm -hmm. of a, a big question right now, right? I know a lot of yes. Schools are <laughs> at, you know, yeah. they're not going to have school on campus. Um, right. Um, that, that, that some people are just not going to go to school at all. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's, it's going to be an interesting thing to see come down the pike here. It, it, it will know. be, especially for voice, I've heard. Um, no. Because of the choirs and you know just being in the same room with people singing, right? There was this um, study that was going on where um, they were saying that it was going to take about eighteen months, you know, <laughs> before choirs could be singing again. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't I don't know. Oh. It's it's all up in the air right now. So yeah. yeah. So aside from applied, uh, mm-hmm. are you coaching any chamber groups or yes. ensembles? Mm-hmm. I'm um, since my um, the end of my first year, I became the conductor of the brass choir mm-hmm. um, upon retirement of David Donovan, um, our our longtime trombone professor. When he retired in my first year, he I was handed the mantle <laughs> mm-hmm. to become the director of that uh, brass choir, and so I do that. Um, I coach some uh, coach trumpet ensemble, um, and we have some small ensembles within that group mm-hmm. that I that I uh, coach as well. Um, then I might do a quintet every now and then if students want to get together and do that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's I do. And then I teach some other academic courses outside of that. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought this was interesting when you uh, were part of that master class. Mm-hmm. Um, your background was and is still heavy on the jazz side. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're not teaching jazz. No, no, no. I don't teach any jazz. Um, I um, I just have not had that opportunity yet here at NKU, but um, I've done some teaching um, in grad school when I was doing, because some, some of my assistantships were in jazz um, in the jazz department. So, yeah. And so we have a jazz like, trumpet teacher at NKU full time. So there's no need for me to do that. He's, he's excellent. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's uh, use that as a segue. Let's talk mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, what happened before NKU. Where were you? What were you working on? Sure. Um, well, before, right before I got to NKU, um, I was at CCM, Cincinnati Conservatory of Music, doing my doctorate with, um, Alan Siebert, Phil Collins, and I also did my jazz minor in applied trumpet with Scott Bilk. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that was... So you can uh, play all the lip slurs, right? I mean, you can play everything <laughs> that, that he writes, isn't it? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but um, I will say, though, uh, that was a, a fun time being there because that first book was had just got published when I got there in 2013. And so yeah. we were kind of like guinea pigs, but we didn't know it. Um, you know, every lesson we came into um, with, with uh, Dr. Belk, um, he would pop a, a, just a random sheet on the stand. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like, okay, uh, play this. And I'm like, okay. And then you see it in something, then you see it in his new book. And I'm like, ah, oh, all right, well, yeah. <laughs> I see what this was. So we were, we were the uh, guinea pigs for yeah. a while. So, yeah. So that makes yeah. me curious. Uh, were, mm-hmm. were there any that didn't work? Any slurs that uh, he tweaked? Or threw out? Um, I don't remember them ever being any any ones that didn't work. I just remember them some of them being like, um, I can't play these <laughs> and I need to figure them out. Yeah. So um, you know, I, he enjoyed <laughs> he enjoyed that look of bewilderment when you uh, <laughs> tried to play something and couldn't and, yeah. and couldn't. So um yeah. but it you know, it gave you a challenge to work on. So and it sure. allowed you to view flexibility in a whole different way. So yeah. yeah. So what groups were you playing in down there? Well, at CCM, I was um, in the CCM Philharmonia. Um, I was in the wind orchestra. I was in the trumpet ensemble. I played in the um, I played in both jazz bands while I was there. Um, I also played in brass choir, and I also played in a brass quintet too. So I was pretty busy. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not 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 concurrently, not all at the same time, sure, but um sure. yeah, that that was that was the um 
that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So in the jazz yeah. bands, were you blowing lead or the second book? What, what? Um, I would usually blow second, and then it, uh, I would play like one tune lead just to um, uh, spell someone. But um, yeah, I was mostly a section guy, you know, second or um, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before CCM, where, where were you? Uh, I was at Penn State, and I did my uh, my master's degree with a. Uh, Dr. Langston Fitzgerald third mm-hmm. uh, from Baltimore Symphony, mm-hmm. longtime second trumpet there. Um, that was an amazing time. Just it was um, it was what I, where I needed to be, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just some of the some of the best um, some of the best like learning happened mm-hmm. in in that time for me. Um, a lot of a lot of great mentorship. He's someone I um, I'm still in contact with, and if I don't if I don't call him um, within like you know a month, I, I'm getting a call from him saying you know <laughs> what's <Yeah>. going on. <laughs> so yeah. so that uh, yeah, he's um, very very much influential person yeah. to you me. Know, yeah. Uh, back in 19 it was 1998 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, ITG conference was in Lexington. Okay. And um, Susan Slaughter. Mm. had the St. Louis Symphony section. Now, I don't know if, if Langston was a member or if he was just filling in for the section that day, mm-hmm. but uh, I think he was playing second. Susan was introducing uh, this bit that they were going to do, and then she mm. was like, oh, and, and <laughs> ran off stage, and Langston moved over and played principal. Mm. You know, and it was one of these things where... Now, my wife knew what was going on. It was all a setup to show that you got to oh. be prepared, right? But I, I thought Susan had really gotten sick and, and had to leave. But uh, that yeah. was my introduction to him. And uh-huh. cow, he sounded absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. Yeah, he is so. just an amazing player, even um, now. Um, it's just some of the things he can do on the trumpet. Uh, just pretty impressive. <laughs> he's very, very committed mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, just all, he's always trying to get better. Um, every time I talk to him, he's working on some new piece or he got a new C trumpet or something. Like, hey, listen to this over the phone. Tim, what do you think? So it's just, <laughs> he's got that, you know, that undying vigor and drive to just be excellent mm-hmm. on the instrument. So, so what, what were you focusing on with him? Well, well, with him, um, he made he he broke every he just broke everything down for me um in terms of how i approach the instrument and um just helping me achieve the musical voice that was inside of my head but i didn't know how to get out yet Mm -hmm. um and so um when i first got there um we kind of wrestled a bit my first semester because he was very much, um, he sung all the time when I played, like in lessons. Every time I was playing, he would sing along with me and it just annoyed the crap out of me. And I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? This is so annoying. Can you please stop in my head? You know, I was saying that, you know, I would say that yeah, out loud. Yeah. <laughs> and, and every time I moved, he would stop me. So, you know, if um, flow studies were a big part of his uh, curriculum, Mm-hmm. Um, the Charlie Duvall flow studies um, that he made at Michigan, and so every every week we had to do two of those, and um, and oh yeah, before I get into that, so everything was on C trumpet too, 
because mm-hmm. he was a um, orchestral, you know, um, mm-hmm. guy. So you know, his, his C trumpet was that was that was it. So every lesson was on C, and that was. I mean, I, I enjoy playing C trumpet, but B flat was always my main my main thing. So sure. that also kind of like threw me off, and we tussled about that in my first semester. But um, we um, started on the floor studies, and every time I moved, he would stop me. He was like, you know. Go watch, um, go on YouTube. Well, he'd go on YouTube right there and like, he, we pull up Phil Smith doing the Maltu Corral. He's like, do you see Phil Smith moving at all? Or you know, like, you know, he pull up someone else, uh, like Alan Vizzuti playing something or Maurice Andre playing the Homo Concerto. He was like, you know, are these, are these people moving? Like, why do you need to move? You know, so it's like, and he was just trying to teach me efficiency and the economy of motion. Sure. And that, you know, once, when you move, you're changing something up here. And and to um, that that concept finally started to to come into play for me at least about three or four months after studying with him when I noticed when I was playing in brass quintet and I had all these like technical things the less I moved the more accurate I became mm-hmm. so um, you know and that's something I'm I still like to this day think is a very important lesson that he, that he gave to me that I took. Mm-hmm. And he had this he had this mirror in his in his studio that you know you're looking dead at when you're playing, so you can't help to see if you're moving or not. Mm-hmm. But um, it was very very um, um, critical for me to learn that lesson um, because he himself you know played the Baltimore Symphony for 33 years and second trumpet, and uh, and he knows so <laughs> he's like he knows. <laughs> he knows and he's like you know you if you go and look at you know these orchestral sections when they're playing they're not really moving mm-hmm. you know so he's like there's a reason behind that and it, it really made sense so yeah not not like watching the violin section or the flute section uh right squirrel all over the place right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah he's no like, he, now it's yeah. a good thing that they're not going to listen to this podcast you know string players <laughs> so i can say whatever i want but. yeah 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 but it was it was that was um such a mind-blowing thing for me to to really like understand mm-hmm. that you know we don't have to move to be expressive you know mm-hmm. the, the, you know what you do um musically you know through the instrument you know your body yeah you'll move sometimes but you know it, all the ex, extraneous movement you know you can bring that down and you'll see it it, auto, it instantly changes your accuracy level when you stop moving so much but so that did that transfer yeah. over into your uh, your jazz playing too yeah, I think it did because it was, you know, you just, especially uh, when I was at Penn State, I had to play lead trumpet in the jazz, in the top jazz band there. And so um, learning how to be efficient um, with my movement definitely helped mm-hmm. a lot. But um, some of the, I'll go back to your original question with the things that we worked on was so when I got there, I was all about just playing from a bunch of books. I love playing from everything. So when I got there, my first lesson, I took out a legal pad and he looked, I still know this by memory, he said, Arben, Clark, Irons, Sloshberg, Goldman, Charlier, Brandt, and then stopped. And I was waiting to hear more things. He was like, that's it. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's like, you, you, these are the books we're working out of. I mean, along with the flow studies, mm-hmm. and um, that's it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm 
like there's not more he's like what do you need more for you if you can't do it from those those books i just mentioned then mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i got got bad news for you son <laughs> but there are so many other great so, books so many from, right? other great books to play from yeah. but i will tell you man like it was just Oh, and transposition. We did the uh, transposition every every week. The yeah. uh, Bordoni transpositions. Oh yeah. Um, oh, the moving transposition. The moving right. transpositions. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, that that core curriculum right there, um, um, like was he simplified everything and just showed me how to really investigate and read the text of the um, of the of the books. Um, all these books have great text and like the irons book like he made me sit down and read that forward and really understand what irons was trying to do with flexibility and mm -hmm. how that applies to what we're doing because i mean he 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 told me from the jump he's like look i'm old school i'm old school this is what i do and you can't tell me that any of these new books aren't doing what these older books have already done mm -hmm. you know so it was good for me to really learn those books and 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 and, and and um, just um, condense some things down and focus in uh, and try to make those things um, great. So but, is there still a book that kind of kicks your butt? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, Clark Seven, the one you have to do the, uh, yeah. the triplets on. And, and see, he, he did all his Clarks on C trumpet, and he did them all pianissimo. And so hearing him play Clark Seven is still in my ear, and I can't do it. I still can't do it to the level he can. But it was just so fluent, so fluid, um, clear, clean. And and you get, he really was very very adamant about the the benefits of soft playing. So all the flow studies we did were played very soft, and the goal was to try to get a tone that had no type of you know crud in it just pure fluid sound because if you could do it at that volume and you wanted to play louder it didn't take a lot of effort to do that. right so um he was you know simplifying these things down but playing Slashberg really quiet like all those things and and um yeah it was just it was amazing mm -hmm. you know you you talked about uh kind of being annoyed uh, mm -hmm. with him when you first got there and, and i had the same experience uh, when i started yeah. my master's and it didn't take me long to realize, um, yeah, he was kicking my butt. Yeah. <laughs> and and doing the right things. And, you know, I, I realized maybe I should pay attention. How, right. How long did that take for you to, to come around there? It took a semester. Um, my first semester I got there, I was all like, yes, I'm a master student. It's time to learn some some hard concertos. <laughs> so I pulled out the Shanes. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do the Shanes. And, you know, it's like. Let's do it. Like I'm a master student. I'm a, I have a degree now. You know, that's how I was thinking. Foolish, you know. I, I was. Let's get to it, you know. And I mean, he he just broke it all down, and he was like, "No." It's like you know, you he said, you know, you are a very very good player. You have a lot of things going for you, but if you could at this level, we got to fix these small things. Yeah. So that everything can just oh you know take off. So yeah. it so he so we had to we, we butted heads for like a, a good semester. But by that second semester, I was I was I had bought all the way in. Yeah, I bought all the way in. He downsized my mouthpiece and everything. I was like, oh my god, like you're gonna put me on this? I'll never play in an orchestra with this size. And I was like, I was like, 
and he's like, just listen to me, just trust me. And, um, and I bought in and, and he just, yeah. he, he really like, he, rev- he really changed my whole, um, um, you know, just like approach to the instrument. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, there's a lot of parallels, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. chuckling here thinking <laughs> because in my second lesson, uh, uh, Chappie, Marvin Perry mm, mm-hmm. with, uh, with ISO, yeah. uh, he said, you know, Larry, I've had a lot of students over the years. <laughs> some we've worked on solos, some <laughs> excerpts. He goes, but you mm-hmm. I think we have to go back to the very beginning. <laughs> and like you, I'm thinking, I'm a master student. I can already do this. And yeah. Then, and, uh-huh. and, and I was crushed. Yeah. You know, and but in hindsight, it was absolutely the best thing that could have happened, right? Yes. And, it was the best thing. Yeah. He made me review all the, the, the standard concerti. I mean, I had... Some, I had played the Haydn and the Hummel. I played all those. I, I, I played, you know, the Torelli and I, some of those, uh, you know, early French pieces like the Boatses. I, I played those before. I played the Kennen. I did that. Why do I have to do it again here? And he was just like revisiting all that standard literature and having just like um, from, a, from not from just like, you know, under, the undergraduate perspective, but now it's like a more informed perspective of mm-hmm how these things really go and how to plan out musical phrases. And I think that was one of Fitz's, is one of Fitz's mm-hmm. strengths is that when he plays, there's no question about where he's going musically. Everything is compelling. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it may not be, um, you know, the way someone else plays it, but when he plays it, he makes a statement. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most important things we can do as musicians is come out and be compelling. And so he mm-hmm. he had that approach where it was just like, you know, this is it. Um, I'm going for it yeah. for every phrase. I'm going to make a statement. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like a great experience. There. Oh, it was incredible. Um, when I, um, I still think about it to this day. Um, I'm just so grateful for this, for what he taught me because it set me so, it set me so, um, set me up so greatly for my um my dma and my um my playing in general just mm-hmm. and it's um and then on the uh, on the academic side of things he he had us doing stuff as master students that doctoral students had to do i had to do a, a compendium my final project for masters he made us do a um this huge compendium of every major solo and had to annotate it and describe it. We had to research um, a principal trumpet, second trumpet, third trumpet, and utility audition, research all the excerpts, annotate them. And then we had to look up military band excerpts for each um, service, annotate them. And then by the end of that, you have this, you know, 150 page document that you did. Um, and Everyone who studied with him that has a master's has done this project. So yeah, but what um, a great resource to take along with you. Right? It is an amazing resource. Like it has helped me so much, but it was grueling doing it. He, and it takes a year. He tell he tells you up front. He's like, you're going to need a year to do this. Um, you will not do this without taking a whole year to do it. Do it right, at least. And I had to re I had to resubmit mine at least uh, two times. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> It sounds like, you know, you were already, like you said, doing doctoral work. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe going to CCM was uh, like a walk in the park after that, right? <laughs> I wish, I, I wish. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wish it was not. Yeah. No, yeah. CCM was a whole nother level. Yeah. That was po- finishing, like polishing school, but very, very intense polishing. Sure. <laughs> well, here we are at the middle of today's episode. Just a quick reminder about our sponsors. With Messina Covers, able to cover literally all of your custom case needs. The Eastman Music Company, providing excellence from the professional model all the way down to the beginner model. And of course, Pickett Blackburn, providing you with multitude of options for mouthpieces and trumpets. Now back to today's interview. So well, let's yeah. back up and uh, sure. let's talk about your time at uh, UT. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, uh, UT was great. Um, it, I came in there with just bright eyed and had no clue of how to really do this. But I am so grateful. I say this. I'll say this as as long as I'm on this earth. I'm so grateful that I had Dr. Leach as my first trumpet teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, what a patient! Um, <laughs> what a patient, patient person, mm-hmm. um, human being, and just so knowledgeable and. And um, and and um, just excellent. Um, mm-hmm. She she set the blueprint for how I how I do things, and I can't I can't thank her enough. Every time I see her at ITG conference, I just have to tell her thank you so much for being my first teacher, mm-hmm. and and dealing with me because I was a handful. I know I know I was, um, but um, Dr. Leach um, she took me on as a student, and prior to her, I had no private teaching, mm. but. Um, I was very, very self-motivated and I listened um, to a lot of, a lot of, a lot of trumpet players before I got to uh, college and practiced all the time. But, um, so that was very evident um, to her in my, in my audition because she asked me who I studied with and I said no one, but um, I had so, I had some holes in my playing. My musical ears were at a, at a high level, but my mm-hmm. fundamentals were not there yet. So right. we, so she had to kind of, um find that that hard balance to like how do you how do you maintain the interest of one whose musical like ability is really high but the fundamentals are still kind of low so like how do you fix that mm-hmm. um because um i had a very very good knowledge of literature and and um uh, good working knowledge of trumpet players but i just didn't know how to do some of those things all the way yet so she um she really um taught me to appreciate and 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 love playing the basics mm-hmm. um and as you know she's a clifford lilia um right. student and so that's where my training starts um mm-hmm. we started with the clifford clifford lilia trumpet technique mm-hmm. um book and that's the book that i still use to this day for myself it's still it's yep it is, right? <laughs> there it is that's it <laughs> That's the book, um, and that is the that is the um, the ground level mm-hmm. of everything I do is based off of that book, and 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 um, you know, so she took me through that, and we uh, a lot of Sloshberg, a lot of Stamp, Chickowitz, lots of lots of Chickowitz, because mm-hmm. um, that was her teacher at Northwestern, and um, you know, and we went through literature, but um, and trumpet ensemble too, but she just. She was so excellent at everything she at everything she did. Um, she was the consummate teacher, consummate performer, 
consummate academic. Like she just she 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 checked all the boxes. And as an undergrad, you know, you don't really recognize what's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now that I'm a teacher, and I see what <laughs> she did for us, it's just like goodness gracious, yeah. how? Because right. um, just what an what an amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing player and, and person. And every Friday, she would be playing principal trumpet with the Knoxville Symphony. Just about every Friday. So, you know, you got to see your teacher in action mm-hmm. um, playing these awesome orchestral works. So, yeah. um, it was it was, it was was a great time. Um, now, trumpet-wise, but, you know, academically, it was different. I wasn't that into the academic side of things. I just wanted to play trumpet. Now, she did tell me, you know, I, I told you I talked to her this week. Yeah. Um, she did tell me that uh, there was a point to where it's like a, a switch got flipped. Mm-hmm. And she said, you became the most serious student that maybe UT had ever seen. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, even the way you dressed, the way you uh, went to class. The, so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean... Is that kind of what happened, or do you remember yeah. what what uh, was the catalyst <laughs> for that? Well, um, Dr. Leach was certainly the catalyst for it, um, but there was my band director, Dr. Gary Souza, was also a huge catalyst for inspiring me to just. He knew that I wasn't playing to my potential. He knew that I was only looking at what was right in front of me versus where I could be, mm-hmm. you know? So one, I remember this, this one time, um, in, in a rehearsal, um, and went on time, but he pulled me into his office and he said, you know, just like, like, you know, what do you want to do? You know, I was like, I want to, I want to play trumpet professionally. He's like, well, you know, it's just like, have you thought about this school, this school, this school, and what it takes to, to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and he was very much like, you know, you have to look outside of where you are. Who are you competing to be the best with? Because if you're just competing to be the best at UT, then that's not going to get you that far, mm. you know? Um, and that, that, and he said that it's not to be like, you know, UT's, UT is bad or anything like that, but he's just like, if you want to be the best, you have to, you know, sound like the best right mm-hmm. and so he's like why can't you what's what's the what's the limiting factor stopping you to be as good as chris martin or you know it's you know it's whoever and he's like you know at the end of the day it's it's you right because you have you have to want that and it's 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 one thing to say it but it's another thing to actually like back it up and start doing it so i just became a junkie i became the student of the game like, I looked up teachers, you know, where these students were getting jobs from. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking up trumpet professors where they went to school. I was, you know, NTC, ITG. I was, mm-hmm. I was in it. I wanted to know everything. <laughs> and so I just became a student of the game. Mm-hmm. And I knew that in order to get to where I wanted to be, you know, my academics had to get up. If I wanted, to, if I wanted a teaching assistantship, I couldn't get that on a, you know, a lousy GPA, right? <laughs> right? So, um, I just, I just turned that switch, and I knew that, um, in order to do, in order to do what I wanted to do, 
I have to, you know, take this very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like you did. Oh, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, you don't yeah. you don't get to where you are right now by yeah. by just treading water. Right. right. I mean, you, right. <laughs> so, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it was uh, it was great to kind of hear you tell that whole story mm-hmm. during that masterclass talking to the yeah. UT students. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think I wish current students could. In fact, I want my current <laughs> students to, to watch and listen to this. Yeah. You know, after we're done, I mm-hmm. think they people got to hear this. People have to realize that. Yeah. And, you know, I understand when he says, you know, do you want to be the best at UT? Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you should always aspire to be the best and not just where you are, but, you know, mm-hmm. and then the next place you want to be the best there and beyond and best there and beyond. And, right. And, you know, it's, uh, boy, it's so hard. But, you know, I, I remember back to being uh, young mm-hmm. and, and uh, dumb. Right. Yeah. And and now I'm old and dumb. (laughs) But, you know, think back, you know, it's easy to relate because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And and it's going to take that person who's going to kick your butt. It's going to take that person who's going to call you into their office and sit Mm -hmm. you down for that that hard talk. Right. Mm -hmm. And what a difference. And, you know, you got to be so thankful for those people along the way. Yeah. And did you have any idea how connected Kathy Leach was when you got? My God, no, I, mean... <laughs> I I didn't. It was it was just oh my goodness. Um, I did not know. I did not know the magnitude of of that. Um, and throughout the the years of me being there, seeing who came in to give classes and having Doc Severinsen at my senior recital <laughs> was just. And I'm sorry, like when I, I just, I knew who Doc Severinsen was, but I didn't really like, it didn't really like, the impact wasn't as great on me as as it is on so many people because I was young. I didn't really understand it. And then looking back on I'm like, because to me, he was just, he was just Doc, you know, it's like, hey, yeah. George, hey, Doc, how's it going? Like I saw him at ITG this year. He was like, hey, George, how's it going? You know, um, but having people around like that, like Vince DiMartino would come and hang out sometimes. And, um, you know, um, we had just had such great master classes and, and every one of them would just reiterate how great our teacher was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, this is like an old saying, you never know what you got till it's gone. Right. And, and it's like, man, like I found myself some days just being like, oh, I wonder what Dr. Leach would do in this situation. <laughs> Cause she just had it together all the time, just so organized, just so thorough, and just, just you know. But she was, she's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find it interesting, uh, mm-hmm. but not unusual, right, to show mm-hmm. up to college without having studied with anyone before. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you listened to a lot of people, though. Who were who were you listening to back then? Okay, um, so. I'll preface this with that I had great band directors. Um, that's what that's what saved me. Um, particularly, I mean, both my middle school and high school band directors were excellent. And my middle school band director was a um, alto saxophonist, but he could play all the instruments quite well. Mm-hmm. And um, he played trumpet. I think that was his, his secondary instrument. So he he would just model for us all the time on that. But um, as far as listening, um, I really got into listening into my high school years. And um, it first started with uh, Winton, of course, a huge, huge influence to me. 
and Miles Davis. Those were my top two influences for a very long time. But as I matriculated through high school, um, <clears throat> we played cornet um, a lot um, in concert band. In fact, that's all our high school band director would allow us to play mm-hmm. um, was a cornet. So everyone had a box track. The school had about 15 box track cornets, and so everyone got a, a cornet. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Germantown High School in, uh, in Germantown, Tennessee. It's a, Tennessee. a sub. Mm-hmm. It's a suburb of Memphis, and um, we had we had those. And so he gave me a recording of Cornet Favorites by Gerald Schwartz <laughs> in my sophomore year. Yeah. And so and then I had I already had Carnival by Wynn Marcellus. I already had that one. Mm-hmm. And so I told him I had. He was like, "Well, listen to this one," and I and I and I mean, it was amazing. And then, then, then you listen to Wynn talk about who he listened to when he was working on Carnival. It was George Swift and Gerald Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you, you, Gerard Schwartz, you hear these, um, that, that album is still just impeccable. I don't think mm-hmm. that, I, think, I don't think the album's been bested cornet wise. Well, and think about I mean, this, there, 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 <laughs> right when he recorded that, you know, that went to vinyl. Right. Yes. I mean, so, well, no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it went to tape first. But yeah. think about how easy it is to punch uh, or cut right to splice. Like, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. That was that was a huge undertaking, and and mm-hmm. maybe one of the first people to really put themselves out there. Like this is the recording. Yes. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. That's just that was a very impactful recording on me. When I first got to high school, I remember playing. Um, for Mr. Bird, my band director, he was like, no, we really got to fill out your sound, man. We really got to fill this out because it's just too bright. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, goodness. So he um, gave me this CD and it was Oon Razy playing Chinatown. Yeah. And he said, you need to play this every day when you wake up and when you go to bed. This is the sound that needs to be in your ear. And I didn't know who Oon Razy was. Um from anyone else but that cd right there changed what i thought the trumpet should sound like yeah i mean that that one recording from chinatown and if you've never heard chinatown before um for the listeners please check it out yeah it's a it's a very simple melody but what a sound right and it's got all the ingredients for what a, a sound should be so um i listen to that all the time and sometimes even now when i feel like <laughs> What happened to my sound? I'll I'll put that back on, and it just kind of ignites something in my brain to kind of pull that sound back out. But so that was big. Philip Jones Brass Ensemble was another huge thing for me. I love listening to them. Um, I got all their CDs and Borders, which is no longer <laughs> in <Right>. business. <laughs> but shout out to Borders. <laughs> um, I listen to Philip Jones Brass Ensemble all the time. So. Um, that was great. I listened to Vacchiano, London Philharmonic, like all, I mean, New York Philharmonic, all the um, Bernstein recordings, because mm-hmm. I, I, they were at Borders. <laughs> so I listened to those, but I didn't know it was Vacchiano until later that I was listening mm-hmm. to. And then um, Phil Smith, um, his orchestral excerpt CD, um, which again, I bought at Borders. Um, I used to listen <laughs> to that all the time, and I just listened to it. I mean, the, I mean, who does that? You know, just listens to a whole CD. I guess if you're a trumpet jock, you do. Right. <laughs> but um, 
I, I would just listen to because the sound was so just it was something I had never heard before. Like, how is he getting the sound all the time on this? You know, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would listen to those excerpts, had no clue of the context of which what they were in or, you know, just not really studied them. But I heard them, you know, I heard Volcano play Carmen. I know how they went, but mm-hmm. just not a deep level. Um, I listened to Sergei Nikaryakov when I was in high school, um, the Artunian from Russia with Love album. Um, I listened to a lot of uh, Freddie Hubbard, a lot of Clifford Brown. Um, listened to a lot of the Center City Brass Quintet, the Ryan Anthony mm-hmm. recordings. Yeah, yeah. Because Ryan Anthony has a um, connection to Memphis in that I believe his... That's either, right. His wife is from Memphis, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And so um, there was this chamber orchestra there, the Irish chamber orchestra. He would sold with them every year. And I would go and, I would go and see them. I had a scholarship to um, see the chamber orchestra play. And so I would just go and, um, you know, some days, some, some concerts he'd play. Um, other times the, the, one, the principal trumpet of that group was a Lewis Hanslick, who is now in the American Brass Quintet. Mm. And so um, he would fly down to Memphis and play those concerts. Mm-hmm. So um, I was hearing good trumpet playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would go backstage and sneak backstage and ask him, like, you know, how do you do this? And how do you do that? Um, but um, yeah, um, Ryan Anthony, I, I listened to him a lot when I was in um, when I was in high school. And uh, let me see, Maurice Murphy, because of Star Wars. Um, I listened to a lot of that. So You know, uh, you, know. you listen to stuff uh, not realizing who's playing, like you're talking right. about you and Racy, mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm McNabb, you know, and you hear yes. all these things. And it was a treat for me to interview Malcolm last oh, year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, here I am thinking, that's Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. You know, that's right. this movie, that's this movie. And, right. You know, right. it's like, it, it's, and he downplayed all of that. Oh, well, you know, and nobody knows. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I know. And right. you're you're a big deal you know yeah it's a yeah but uh you know it, what a what an amazing sound all those all those guys had you yeah know, everybody that you've described i'm like yep yep mm-hmm. yep you know that the sound uh ryan's sound you know uh hearing him with uh canadian brass yes early on and the piccolo trumpet playing mm-hmm. was, was spectacular yeah uh, and i think you know uh ryan's good and i, I think caleb hudson uh, might actually have a little bit Oh uh, man, yeah. On him on that, yeah. Right, but he is, yeah, it's, yeah. That pickle, his his pickle playing, Caleb's pickle playing is outstanding. Yeah, it's it's really it's really yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I I've never been to Memphis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, been to Nashville, and I've, okay. I've been I've been to Knoxville. Um, yeah. So uh, Memphis barbecue is it as good as they say it is? Absolutely. See, I and I don't. I mean, I grew up knowing who Elvis was, and so I'll be uh-huh. there sometime. But <laughs> it's like I love barbecue. I want to find. Yes. I want to find some great places. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean, like, yeah, we got some great barbecue restaurants, but the best place to get barbecue in Memphis is someone's backyard. Oh yeah. <laughs> the yeah. right backyard, of course. But um, sure. you know, um, when you grow up with that type of. Um, food <laughs> you just think it's normal until you move elsewhere mm-hmm. and you're like oh my god like i i grew up in an, a, a very very <laughs> awesome yeah. food rich culture yeah. um 
So yeah, but I, I love Memphis barbecue. I've had I've had Kansas City, I've had Texas barbecue. I've been to yeah. Salt Lake and Heart Eight and all. I mean, which are they are very good, but they don't they don't they don't they don't come near Memphis in my in my opinion. Yeah. When so, I was traveling yeah. with my group, uh, everywhere we'd go, that would be the we had to find a barbecue place, <laughs> and, you know, and it couldn't be a chain, right? It oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe a, a mom and pop place, yep. you know. Yep. And oh my gosh, you know, it was mm-hmm. the best. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Okay, well that may give me an excuse to get down to Oh uh, yeah, you gotta get place. down there. Yeah. 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 So uh what's in the future for you? You're gonna do some recording, you're gonna write a book, you're gonna um save the world. I don't know. <laughs> well, um you know I do wanna record. Um I have several projects in mind right now and I'm contacting some composers to put some stuff together. Cool. Um, there's so much great stuff. We're, we're living in an age where everybody is recording, you know, everybody's putting out a CD, you know, and I just, I, I personally feel like, you know, I want to put something out there that's not going to be like what everyone else is doing. Um, and that I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't want to just put out um, another run-of-the-mill trumpet CD. Mm-hmm. I want I wanted to I wanted to be something that is going to you know really touch um, not only trumpet players but 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 everyone. You know, mm-hmm. I just I just sometimes we kind of we pigeonhole ourselves and cater to just the five hundred trumpet players that listen. Do you uh, do you know who Morris Northcutt is? Um, I know the name. I know he's a soloist, uh, yeah. but I don't know him personally. Yeah. So I interviewed yeah. him just a couple hours ago. Okay. Interview earlier today. Yeah. He said exactly the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's uh, and and it's. I agree. It's you yeah. know, you, you find your niche, you find your voice, and what's gonna mm-hmm. you know what is gonna be meaningful for you to connect with, meaningful for you to connect with your audience, and right. I think that's what's gonna sell. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. Because is Artunian your best tune or the Shane your best tune, you know, or Yeah. Well I'm just think I'm just thinking, you know it's so many already great Artunians and great Shanes out there. Right. How about something else? Right. But but the stuff that you really do well and you believe in, right? That's, that's Yes. Yes. And that's that, what people are gonna relate to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I have you know, just being compelling, you know, and I can I can play the Artunian in a compelling fashion, in a compelling manner, but it's already been been heard before. I, I want to reach. I want to reach different listeners. Someone who doesn't normally listen to trumpet right. music, or someone who could, who interprets the trumpet in one way, and now that they've listened to your recording, they see in a whole different fashion. Have you heard uh, mm-hmm. Hokan Hardenberger's? Uh, you know, he's done the first three. The Charlotte. Oh my goodness! Right. Yeah. So talk about doing something in a way you've never. It's yeah. like you're never going to play those. No, this is the same way again. They right? they literally <laughs> transcendental. He transcended yeah. <laughs> how we yeah. listen to those etudes. Like, Unbelievable. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, even the yeah. very first one uh, articulation. I'm like, mm-hmm. I right. would never have phrased it that way. Uh huh. Yeah. Mind, mind blown. blown right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is someone who studied with Thibault. You know, like he. So he's like, this is. He's probably known how to phrase these for decades. But now yeah, we're just so, he, we're just hearing it. Yeah. So why is he taking it so long to to share it? With right. us? You know, it's like, come on, we, yeah. we could have used this a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's we just have so much more accessibility now. 
And yeah. I feel, you know, it's a blessing and a, and a curse because anybody can put out something. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah, they sure <laughs> so, can. Yeah. And just go to YouTube. You can find the good and the bad right. and the ugly. You can, all the- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Yeah. I, I say that, but I still use, like my kids, uh, I recorded them playing. I have one violinist and one piano player in the house, and they recorded a duet the other day. I put it on Facebook. You yeah. Know, now we're talking a whole different. Of course, that's a whole different audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but I wouldn't send anybody there as you know to use that as a reference for. <laughs> right. For right. that tune. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to edit that out because if my kids knew I said that, they'd kill me. <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, man, I I have to tell you this is this has been a, a real treat to get to talk to you. Oh, this is uh, this is awesome. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I'm I'm very again. I keep stating this. I'm very very young in this, and I feel like I have a long, uh, so much, so much, so much to learn. Yeah, um, but you know what? So, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm I think I'm, I figured I'm like 20 or so years ahead of you. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. There's still <laughs> so much to learn, but that's what's yeah. exciting, right? It's not. Yeah. We're nowhere near being done and there's so much to get excited about and so much yes to share still so you know yes if if i'm like i mean look doc is 93 right he still feels the same way i think about you know about things and yeah you know if i live that long i hope i still have an appreciation for same <laughs> but at that same so, same yeah so george thank you very much yeah. i truly appreciate you being here today this is this has been fantastic and uh, I think the listeners are gonna gonna really dig uh, what you had to say, and hopefully ignore all my you know, <laughs> in between. So oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on here. Thanks everybody for listening to today's interview. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll come back next week for another great interview. Just a reminder that you can help support this podcast by becoming a subscriber at Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash studio hfl you can become a subscriber for as little as three dollars a month or a sponsor for as much as 20 to 50 dollars a month i'd like to thank again the sponsors for this podcast messina covers the eastman music company and picket blackburn all three companies providing excellence in their products and customer service be sure to check them out at messinacovers.net the Eastman Music Company at eastmanwins.com and Pickett Blackburn at pickettblackburn.com. Thanks again. Now, go practice. <laughs>